This path will lead you to an unholy place, a cemetery. Robin. How are you? I'm good. It's early on this uh, snowy Saturday morning for me. It's already started snowing in Illinois, so. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> it is nice and icy here this morning in Utah. Uh, the roofs are all white with frost, and I had to go outside with my dog. Was not happy about it. Yeah, my dog is still sleeping, so <clears throat> when she wakes up, we'll see how that goes. Oh, well, Hunter is now... Um, sulking on the couch that we because we are not going to that one special place that he loves so much uh can't say it out loud or he'll be jumping on me while we try to record our super cool show today oh is that place the p-a-r-k that is the place ah uh. <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> no he okay he's still asleep everything's fine okay uh, good. okay so <laughs> uh this week we we felt like we really needed to um, make up for last week and make up for it to the fans and make up for it to England. Yes, we needed a definite palate cleanser after last week's Most Haunted uh, episode. <laughs> Oof, that was a doozy. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, don't go listen to it because it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Our show was great, but like the show we talked about was not. So yeah, rough. <laughs> Please listen to our show. Just uh, don't watch Most Haunted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was way better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we dove into our list of shows and we thought, what would be better than Antiques Ghost Show? Oh my God. Antiques Ghost Show. First of all, the title is a dream. Like that is all I want in a show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, Jacqueline, how about this? You're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, not even, like, I don't know. What's it about? Nope. She was like, sold. Let's do it. Um, and honestly, uh, I'm here for the, uh, the title, too, because Antiques Roadshow, I think everybody knows, is one of the greatest shows ever made, and you can turn it into a fun drinking game. So, you know, it's fantastic. It is. <laughs> so, and throw ghosts in the mix, and it's just great. Oh, my gosh. It is, this was like, if I could come up with my own ghost show that I would host, this would be it. Although I think I might have different um, uh, uh, wardrobe choices than the host of this show. So we'll get into that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we watched Antique Ghost Show episode four. And I have to say, when the, when the starting, when the intro began, it was like so enchanting and not spooky at all. I was like, oh, this is going to be lovely. <laughs> Yes, it was like a lovely little intro song that like wasn't creepy, just very like, you know, kind of upbeat and like whimsical. I loved whimsical. it. Yes, yes. Like, it was just like, and you, they're like showing you like gardens and stuff and you're like, this is not your typical ghost show. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and so we meet the hostess and she, her name is Nina Sebastian or something like that. Yeah. Um, and she is lovely as well. She's, you know, British and charming and so friendly, but I was very distracted 
by her outfit. Do you remember what she was wearing, Jacqueline? It was like, so I I wrote down outfit in my notes because I definitely wanted to. (laughs) I wrote it down. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, I, I don't know what she was trying for. I really don't. Like, I feel like she was trying to dress for another show or (laughs) (laughs) okay so she (laughs) she was wearing something that I think all of us have thought sometime in our life would be such a great outfit like oh my god I would love to wear that but then in reality it's really not so great it's like great to think about uh she was wearing a leather on leather suit yes it was black leather pants Yeah, all I was thinking of is like, remember the old uh, Leatherman skit from Saturday Night Live? (laughs) Where they're walking walking around and you just hear the leather rubbing together. Right? Oh my gosh. I actually thought of Ross on Friends when he's wearing the leather pants. The leather pants. (laughs) (laughs) He gets too hot and sweaty and he can't get them back on. Oh my gosh. I was like, how much powder do you have in those pants, Nina? Yeah. <laughs> now we are making jokes because we think that Nina is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. They might be vegan leather pants. We don't know, but uh, it was a whole lot of look. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so sweet. And um, she talks about the basis of the show and, and what they're going to do. So you know exactly what to expect going forward, which is kind of great because we weren't totally sure what's happening. Yeah. Um, we were just like, we just like, honestly, we just watched it for the title of the show. We didn't have anything else going in. Yeah. I literally did not even really look at it. I was like, uh, a medium, a, a antiques and ghosts. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> so she tells us that we're going to be meeting Derek Akora who is their um, resident medium psychic, and he is going to unveil uh, the original stories and uh, and owners of the family heirlooms that their guests have brought to the show today. (gasps) What? (laughs) (laughs) So excited. Yes, and full disclosure, I am kind of like, eh, iffy on the medium psychic scale because like, a lot of this stuff, like, especially if you look at, like, um, oh, what's the guy that does, like, speaking with the dead? Uh, South Park made fun of him and called him, like, the biggest douche in the universe. What was his name? Oh, my God. John Edwards? John Edwards, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, like, uh, you can tell he's doing cold readings and just guessing, like, I see, I see a J. Anyone with a J? And it's just, like, so I'm not really yeah. sold on the whole medium thing. And full disclosure... He may have been, Derek may have been given all of this information beforehand he before doing have. his reading. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. So like, that's just like my skeptics thing. He may have, or this may have been a hundred percent legit. Yeah. And but- I mean, here's the thing. Like I was having the same thing of like, okay, great. So the producers found all this stuff out and da, 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 da. And they're mm-hmm. going to tell it to him. And then like, here's the show. But as you're watching, literally, Derek is the most lovely man that you just, I, I fell in love with him. And I, yes, I believe you, Derek. Oh, yes. He, <laughs> he, he is a very charming man. Like, I have to say, like, he's very, like, respectful, very charming. So, like, even if yes. it may all be made up, at least he puts on a good show. Yeah. And like a very caring show. It's really lovely. Yes. And, um, it's funny because even when he like steps into the screen the, for the first time, like he's an old, I'm not older, but like uh, maybe 50s, 60s kind of man. Yeah. I don't know. I hope you're not in a different age group and I offended you, Derek, because I think you're amazing. Yes. Um, <laughs> silver hair and he's wearing um, a black suit and 
he looks very well put together and he's got a little earring and I was just like, wait a second. <laughs> like, he's adorable. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as he starts to talk, you're like, oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that loves nice things is going to love Derek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is pure and good. <laughs> so pure. Um, okay. And so what's really interesting about this show is then Nina tells us that we have two specialists that are going to be there as well. So basically the premise is that a family will come and bring their, their whatever haunted heirloom or something, or they just want to know more about it, mm-hmm. um, which we had one of each. There'll be two guests on the show, one of each at one person brought a haunted thing and the other one brought a, uh, just items. Um, and so Derek will do like a reading and in with the, with them in the room and the hostess will be there. And, um, the two specialists, Anthony Adorf, Adolf, Adolf, I can read my own writing. <laughs> um, he is a family historian and he will, hear the story that is being told and take some details from the family and then look into archives and church records and census records and all that stuff to try to like piece together if what Derek finds in the reading is true or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's Chris Gowan, who is an antique specialist, and he will go and look into, is it possible that this item came from the time period that Derek is saying? Is it possible that whatever he's he's going to look into it from like the physical antique yeah kind of like the appraisal type yes thank you that's the word I'm yeah gonna say. so it's kind of like doing like um the genealogy show and antiques roadshow together with a psychic and I am here for it I love it <laughs> <laughs> um so he says that uh he he's so when I say he Derek he is so polite it is just killing me and he yes. how he cannot wait to just really help bring some some really great information to these lovely lovely people we're gonna say the word lovely about sixteen thousand times i think during this episode so, because he is lovely yeah like if you <laughs> want to turn our show into a drinking game you can <laughs> out friends okay but don't sue us if you get alcohol poisoning yeah disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> Drink some tea. This is a tea drinking game because yes. we're in Britain. Okay. <laughs> so uh, they say that they're going to, the secrets will be um, revealed. The revealed through this reading. Yes. Thank you. And mm-hmm. um, the three experts, none of them know any of, of the stuff from the family until the reading starts. And so first the host, Nina, will go and sit with, um, the the guests on the show and the first guest is neil and he brought in a carved wooden buddha statue that has been passed down from each female in his family since his great great grandmother yes Um, he the family story is that it came to their family from the turn of the century and that by touching it you're taking your life into your own hands Yes, they believe it's cursed because um, the original family member that brought it back on a ship, their seven-year-old uh, child died on the ship back. Yeah, I mean, it, that is really sad and super tragic, mm-hmm. but and they decided like, oh, it's because of this Buddha, it's cursed. It's cursed. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's basically what we get to know about it because he, Neil says, you know, that's what the family knows and they don't have any other information. So mm-hmm. then they go into a spooky room with candles and a big carved wooden back chairs, like you would, like what you would sit on in Westminster Abbey or something. It's yeah. 
And literally, this is the only spooky thing about the entire show, which was also lovely. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, you know, like kind of like what you would imagine a seance would be held in, in like the late 1800s, don't you think? Like big, tall candlesticks and these big, plush, spooky carved chairs. Yeah. Um, And then they have like the item on its own little uh, podium and it's just like very very British. Yeah. It's on like a little purple velvet pillow and I wrote yeah. so regal. Yes. <laughs> it's adorable. And mm-hmm. what I really loved about Derek right from the, the beginning is he walks into the room and he's like, he says, okay, and, and may I, may I pick it up? May I touch it? Like he's very respectful and it's so sweet. Yes. So, and it doesn't feel like put on or forced or anything. It's just really lovely. Um, <laughs> we should edit in like a little like bell, like to drink your tea right now. We say, <laughs> um, okay. So they, he tells them that he picks the little statue up, taking his life into his own hands. Friend. Yes. Cause it is cursed. Remember cursed. only um, one person has died, but it is cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Great grandmother. Yes. Had it, but that's okay. Yes. I mean, I imagine she probably died too, because that was a long time ago, but probably from natural causes. Yes. Eventually, <laughs> everyone in that family will die, but that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about morbid reality in like next week's episode, because it's yeah. lovely to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. So he says, Derek says, the medium, he says it's from Cambodia and it has links to conditions of that country. Like that's what he's feeling from this item. And he says the energy is of a man. And like, he's in his heyday. He's so strong. He's employed himself fighting for a cause. And as Derek is talking about this, he's kind of physically acting out like the feeling of being a person. Yeah. And when he says like fighting, he's like swinging a sword and like. Yeah. Like lunging forward and jumping around and you could just feel his energy in that like kind of like what you would imagine like a young man in his heyday to be like, um, he says the guy has no fear whatsoever that his mind has been trained and um, he would go into the shrubs and hide like a leopard. And I thought that was adorable because then yes. Derek acted out being in a shrub and jumping out like a leopard. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he's also was acting out like being a man, like stabbing with a spear or something like that. Yeah. Very aggressive. Um, yeah. So he would definitely like feeling some kind of like aggressive energy. Um, it says the guy's very, very good at combat, maybe with a knife. Yikes. I mean, but if you think about like the turn of the century, like before world war one, yeah, like that, that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. there was a lot more hand to hand combat than I think we really think about at that time. Um, he said he was probably like, he feels like he's a mercenary for a good cause. Um, and then he stops and he looks at Neil and he's like, do you have any, do you know you have any Irish links? And yeah. Like, I wrote that down too. It's like Ireland. And I'm just like, oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says he's got some ancestries, like five generations back to the level of like great, great grandfather. Um, he says he sees a ship, like a clipper ship. And Neil says that he understands you, like you can tell he's trying not to give any clues. Like the, the guest Neil is not yeah. trying to confirm or, or whatever, but he likes trying not to feed like, him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should say when they talked about the death of the child, I don't even think they told us in the beginning that it was on a ship and they just said that a child died. I think, I think they told yeah. us later that it was 
on the ship. So like, I didn't even make that connection at that time. Um, and then Derek says, your mother, uh, who is the current owner of the, the statue, she says that she knows the energy is around it and she can feel the energy around it. And it sits near uh, a clock in the mother's home. And he says, there's spiritual sparks linked to the mother from the statue of souls that come in visitation. They come yeah. to visit the mother. <clears throat> and he says that they're, he's like, it's not like orbs. He says it's like spiritual sparks. And I was thought that is such an interesting visual. I've never heard anything described that way. Yeah. Uh, and then he says he's got two dates for the statue linked to the statue, 1897 and 1903. And I did write down that Neil smiles at that time. Me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he says he's got a memory with Melbourne, Australia, um, Melbourne. I said it all weird. Sorry guys. Uh, he said that the kids have grown and made the family bigger. Uh, and then back to the statue, Neil's mother loves and adores the Buddha. And yes. she wants knowledge of two to three layers of people to come through. Um, and he says, mom will be well rewarded with good news and truth of these missing layers. Yes. And I put question marks after the missing layers and I'm like, what? <laughs> I think that he meant is like, like the generations of people, yeah. the, t- the different layers of people that have owned this piece. But I was like, that's, yeah. I just love the way he, he phrases the, these statements. I think it's really great. Yeah. Um, and then he says, that's all he's receiving at the moment. And he sets it back down very respectfully. And then he's like, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and I so- was just like, oh, clap, 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 clap. I love you. I love you, Derek. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> So then they go to the debrief, I can't talk, debriefing room um, after the reading. So um, the main character, oh my God, why did, Neil uh, discloses in the debriefing room to the experts that his family did go to India um, around that time. And they did come back on a clipper ship anywhere from 1901 to 1903. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's amazing. Yes. Thing. Did you write down the thing about Melbourne? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he says he does have some family in Melbourne, which like is awesome. Um, and he does believe he does have some Irish in the family. He's not sure from which generation, but he does have a suspicion that there is some Irish uh, ancestry in his family. Yeah. Uh, the other thing he said about the family in Melbourne, which I thought was incredible, is mm-hmm. that he has family there, half sisters of his mother, so his half aunts, I guess. Yeah. They didn't even know about them until 10 years ago. Yeah, it was like a new discovery, which is insane. Which made the family grow bigger. Derek is on point. <laughs> um, yeah, and I thought that was just so cool because my, my um, – stepfather-in-law actually had a daughter come into the family that they didn't know about for a long time. And like now she's a wonderful part of our family and has been since I've been a part of the family, like since way before that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. for most of her young life, he didn't even know she existed. And like, then all of a sudden there's this whole new piece of the family. It was really cool. So I was like, whoa, they have a whole family in Australia. Um, okay. So yeah, they, they, they say the sparks and the orbs, and Derek is, is he there? I can't remember. I don't remember if he's in the room, but Neil says that like he has been recording orbs at work. Oh yes. That's um, right. 
I was, I wrote sparks and orbs again and I couldn't remember why. <laughs> yeah. So like he, he brought the Buddha, I think he said to work like before doing the show and he has engineers like in the office and they started freaking out and like he started like using um recording equipment in that mm-hmm. area and like he's recorded tons of orbs just flying around in the dark which is kind of creepy <laughs> yeah and like they showed the footage of it and it's mm-hmm. not just like to me it didn't look like just some dust floating through the yeah air. like maybe a bug that was really really fast but yeah it basically it was like a little ball of light and you know it's like that cctv so it's like grainy gray green yeah. kind of color and they showed two different clips of like a little thing of light just like shoot passing diagonally across the screen yeah and so it wasn't just like oh that's dust sitting there because dust doesn't move like that um and you can tell that it's not like the it's the it didn't look to be like sped up or anything like that so I don't know it was interesting to say the least yeah so Anthony who if you remember is our um gene um family archive what did I write down is his thing the family historian. Yes. Oh my gosh. Remember how last week I said I had like one page of notes and I didn't even write anything for the second he- episode? I have 11 pages, guys. So this is <laughs> how much I love this show. Yes. Um, we have very detailed notes because the show was lovely. It was so great. <laughs> um, so Anthony, he um, goes to look into the Cambodian connection and he wants to know from, um, from Neil you know, do you have any names of, of relatives that went to India or Cambodia? And then Chris, who is the antique specialist, he has, he says, um, there's a problem with Buddhas for centuries. Yes. And the so- same way, they would be made the same way with the same tools and materials, like for centuries. So it's really hard to pin down an exact time frame sometimes because for like two or 300 years, a certain area will make the statues exactly the same way. Yeah, it's hard to date them because they've been made the same way for so long that it's hard to say like, oh, this is definitely from the 19th century or, oh, this is definitely from the 18th century. Yeah, like anybody that watch Antique, watches Antiques Roadshow knows that uh, the appraiser will just be like, oh, this, because of this tiny little, the little nick that they make in the bottom of the ceramics that you can now tell this is exactly from between 1917 and 1922. And you're like, what? How do you know that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but he's like, no, not, this, not the case with these wooden statues. And he says, you can't tell at this stage, but he's going to go talk to some experts. And Antony is going to... Um, he's going in and he's tracing the family tree. And so at this point, they actually bring Neil back. It's like two weeks later or something. And they were like, we created a little film to show you of everything that our, our historians have discovered. Okay. Oh yeah. And a note and a note when they present the information, it is so great. You guys it is so great. And there's a little treat at the end too. Oh God, <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> I, I just like, I love this show so much. I totally texted Jacqueline in the middle of it and was like, I would just watch this show. Like, I think it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So Anthony is sitting at his little desk and I, I think this is definitely like the nineties. Cause there's like one of those like white desk phones that are like tan white and has big old buttons on it. <laughs> like, yes, it's great <laughs> research. And I thought it was so great. Um, so he traces the family tree to Thomas Woods, who is from, Ireland. Oh my God. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> and guess what? Guess what? Not, not even that. Thomas Wood is exactly five generations back. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like our buddy Derek could not have been more spot on. Um, so he, they have like his disease papers from the army. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it makes sense. I mean, I guess that like, hello, I guess this was before internet and cell phone time. So everybody had to write stuff down on paper. Yeah. Um, poor Thomas Woods. He had syphilis in his left eye. Yeah, I mean, and specifically in his left eye that was in the records. Yeah, I didn't know it went to like I, I thought it would just be like I don't know, I don't know. I thought it was like in your junk and then affects your whole body. That was the junk (laughs) ended up in your trunk, and I don't Mm -hmm. know. But nope, it goes to like your eyes, your nose, and all kinds of stuff. Now they said in Thomas Woods's defense, syphilis was actually very common at that time, so like. In our current standards, we're like, oh my God, like that's a STD, what? And, yeah. But, and like, yeah, it is. But like, you got to remember conditions were much different back then for health and public safety and people just didn't, weren't educated about things in the same way. And so. I mean, I mean, and germ theory was like, just like beginning, wasn't yeah, even Yeah, like really... this was like, they still thought miasma was going to cause the plague, you know? Yeah. So like things were different at that time. So like, don't yeah. judge Thomas Woods too hard. Mm-hmm. Um but for uh, after four years of the army, he was deemed not fit for the service anymore. And so that's where this disease um, papers from the army came from. And so because at that time, like if you sign up for the army, most likely you like a lot of people that did that are now going to be military people that that's their career. Mm-hmm. And so after only four years, he's a young man. That's the only thing he's been trained for. He didn't go to college or any or, or trade school or vocation. And, and so he like maybe now he became a mercenary soldier and a decade later they find in the records that he has a son that is born in South Africa and so So, yeah so clearly he was doing something travel that required travel to exotic locations for him right like Mm -hmm. and you think about like what it took to get that far away like holy cow that's a and like on a, a ship on you know trains on all these different things that actually take a much longer time to get places like this is a lot of travel yeah he's like oh maybe he went all the way to Cambodia anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and then our buddy Chris who is the antique specialist he goes and talks to an expert and she is hilarious and I love her (laughs) she is great like she immediately sees it and she's like oh this is definitely from Burma Mm-hmm. And he goes, like, how do you know? Like, not from Cambodia. And she goes, no, um, the reason why I say it's for Burma, because Buddhas at the time were uh, sculpted to look like the people in the country. So she goes, this is definitely a Burmese uh, Buddha. And it's likely ages from either the 17th or 18th century. Yeah. Um, yeah and she said like if this Buddha's probably like what do you think like maybe 10 inches tall yeah it's, it's a, a tiny statue. one it's yeah statuette right but yeah. it's very dark wood and she's like talking about like the different lacquer and like in um I guess the Cambodian style they'd put more facial features into it and you if you're yeah. familiar with like Angkor Wat which is like this amazing um ancient city in Cambodia that has all these incredible carvings and statues around it they're all highly detailed so it makes sense you know, to say like, oh, this is it's not in the Cambodian style. Yes. Um, but she does think it's like 17th or 18th century. And um, Chris asked her like, who would have owned it? Like, would it have been like a small village? She said it would have been like a small village shrine. Or, or even personal- like a personal shrine. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like, can you imagine? She says, like, it was not unusual for soldiers to collect them, and maybe he bought it from a villager. Can you imagine just being like, hey, yo, uh, I'm here being a cool mercenary in yours in your village, um, mm-hmm. and could I just buy that that very important um, religious shrine from your house? Thank you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's things, a different time. Yeah, things were like not great in that time (laughs) for Mm -hmm. artifacts from any country i mean there's still like um one example i know of just because i have greek family is um the elgin marbles that are still in the british museum and they do belong in greece i'm sorry england you did take a lot of things from other countries (laughs) during this time (laughs) yeah like okay england you made a lot of your own history but you kind of stole a lot of history from all (laughs) over the world yeah like the Elgin marbles is such a good example because they were from like the top of the Parthenon. Is that right? Yeah. And they kind of belong back there. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even like Elgin is the name of the guy that like took them from yeah. England. So like, can you mm-hmm. at least call them like the Parthenon marbles? Yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And not to mention mummies that they burned for fuel and oh, stuff gosh. like that. <laughs> It, it was yeah. not a good time for ancient artifacts. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that they used to like do, um, in England, they would like, if you were a rich fancy person, you would buy a mummy and have a mummy unwrapping party. Like, so you would have dinner and all yes. of your very fancy friends would come over and you would have a mummy laid out in the parlor and you would unwrap it to see like the different amulets and jewelry and things that were on the mummy. And then it would be burned. Yeah. Like, not for ceremony, for literally for fuel to keep you warm. Yes. And, I, and for fun. This is oh, before radio and TV, so thank you, technology. Yeah, I, I think, like, the unwrapping part was the fun part, right? And yeah. Like, Fun's over, time to burn this body. Yeah. Like, I just think, holy, I can't even imagine what we lost that we'll never know about, like, these ancient cultures because people did things in such a different way, but that's an entirely different story. Yes. We could maybe do an entire new podcast. <laughs> just on like the injustices of history um <laughs> anyways okay back off that tangent yes <laughs> so they find out that um Anthony says that the son-in-law uh of of Thomas Woods is an Irish soldier water Walter Russell and he served in India and so this was three years before he was there um like by the time that he arrived this had just happened that <clears throat> British soldiers had marched into Burma and mm-hmm. annexed it into India. So, so there is the Burmese connection to getting the Buddha. Yeah. And like, you know, Neil had said his family went to India. So Derek was right. Yep. Uh, okay. So he says that one of his children died in 1901 aboard a ship and that he was put, uh, then Tom, uh, Walter Russell himself ended up being put into an asylum for what they call general paralysis of the insane. And then he died in 1902. So this is where the connection to the statue being cursed comes from. Yes. The son, um, you know, he's like a seven-year-old boy and he dies while he's on this ship on their way back to England. And that's, that's where the clipper ship comes in because those were the ships that were very popular at that time for that sort of travel. And um, just how sad that it was, it, it, you know, you hear like, oh, they had children that died young and, you know, just had so many children because you never know, infant mortality, da, 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 da. But, but it's not true. Have, like, it's real people. But it, it's like real people with that loved their children. Yeah. 
devastating. And he ended up in an asylum and died there. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's even more sad than the son dying on the ship, I think. Yeah. Like, it's all it's just like his grief drove him insane. Yeah. And like, he just like pretty much died of a broken heart. Yeah. It looks like. That's what it sounds like to me. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. general paralysis of the insane sounds like he just went into like a comatose depress- depression and just gave up the will to live. That's what it sounds yeah. like to me. So poor Walter Russell, we don't know anything else about the rest of his family or how they fared, but he does say like, oh, this could be how the story arose of the, the cursed Buddha, or maybe it really is cursed, <laughs> 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 which was so cute. Cause Anthony yeah. was like, here's a really sad story. Maybe it really is the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's a um, scroll to take for your <laughs> troubles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Neil says like, okay, so they watch this little film and mm-hmm. Neil says that he's still skeptical that it's cursed but he knows that his grandma would say yes because literally because this statue went from like the females generations down, right? Female to female. female. The grandmother, Neil's grandmother was like, no, that thing is cursed and gave it straight to her daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, I ain't having that. Um, And so then the film is over. They're like, thank you so much for being here. And here is your scroll. And I'm like, what? Yes. (laughs) They hand him this huge parchment scroll with a red ribbon tied around it. And like, this is all the information we found out about your statue. It's so great. Like they, like they have their nice little parting gift of this huge scroll, which is just like, you can tell it's just done for the show because like that could have been like a, in a binder. <laughs> yeah. 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 It could be a blank piece of paper for a while, yeah. know, but it was yeah. so lovely. And Derek is there and, um, Anthony and Chris are there and so they they're they're just like kind of verifying things and they mostly they're thanking um they're thanking uh Neil for coming and just allowing them to participate and allowing them to research this stuff like it's just so nice you guys yes (laughs) (laughs) so then we move on to the second guest of the show and we meet Jean and Sarah who is her daughter Yes. Oh my gosh. Tell them what Jean and Sarah brought. So they brought a book of songs uh, written by Jean's grandfather. So Sarah's great grandfather. And they just want to know more about um, its history. Just because Jean never met her grandfather. She passed. I mean, he passed before she was born. And she's heard stories of what a wonderful man he was. And she just wants to know more about his personal history so sweet like she's just like nothing is haunted about it there's no curse she just has like this book of music that her great grand or that her grandfather wrote and she's always heard these wonderful stories about him about him being so creative and interesting and just a fun person and so they just want to know more about him it's so sweet yeah (laughs) um and so they go into the quote-unquote spooky room yes and (laughs) (laughs) And it's sitting there on the very regal pillow. And it's like, when you, you have to imagine like kind of like an old folder, like an old folio. So it's just like a brown cover on the outside and all these sheets of paper are in the inside, but you can't tell what's in there. Yes. Um, so Derek doesn't know that it's music. And I think that's really important to know before we get started. Um, and so uh, he picks it up. He, of course he says, may I, may I? Yes. Of course he can. So he picks it up. He doesn't look inside of it. He's just holding this folder. Um, and he says that he, 
the person this this person was taught from a very early age the word respect respect for objects oh no he says that about himself i'm so yeah. sorry ah! yeah <laughs> my notes are <laughs> bad. um so derek does say like he was taught at a very early age to be respectful and it's so interesting that he said that because it was like he was reading my mind like 10 years later after he filmed the show he knew that i was going to ask like be like oh derek is so respectful but yeah He's like, I, I just want you to know, like, I have a lot of respect for these objects. I know they matter to people and blah, 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 blah. So, um, oh, this is so great. Did yes. you write down what he starts to do? Yes. Oh, my God. So he touches the book and then he, like, kind of takes on this persona. And, like, he's like, ooh, I am dapper. I <laughs> And he's like, you know, doing like a little Charlie and Chaplin impression. <laughs> yeah, like he's like very light on his feet. <laughs> yes. He's like doing a little dance, doing a little jig. Um, he starts like trying to sing mommy, mommy. And he's like, oh, no, I can't sing that, which actually it, that's an important uh, <laughs> yeah. clue to what's discovered later. Um, yes. <laughs> and he's so funny because he's like, if yeah. I was on a stage, I could be a character. Yes. A, a dapper buffoon. Oh, serious. <laughs> and he's saying music, music, music. And it's just like his whole body is like lifting and joyous and so energetic. And I was just like, whoa, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he looks over like towards a fake orchestra and says, give me a musical score, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that he himself is now like a gentleman and he's got two vibrations two links so from father to grandfather and gene like is does not have the cool collection of neil like trying to not give any clues away gene is like jumping out of her seat so excited she is she smiling. is like she's, she's smiling <laughs> yeah it, she's like de definitely feeding into it because she is loving this <laughs> oh my gosh yes um and so derek says you know there's piano and he's 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 like air he's air he's playing air piano <laughs> yeah <laughs> like piano and scores and he's like this lovely man has gotten a big group of people together and he's they're pulling in the crowds and what he's saying is like in the afterlife he this man is doing the same thing he did here on earth he has got a a big bunch of people together to do a performance and a, they're pulling in the crowds in heaven, which I thought yeah. that is just so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like making uh, a comment that like he gets better crowds up there than he did. <laughs> here. Yeah. And he says like, if he was alive today, he would be a superstar. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Like he's basically saying this guy is so talented. Yeah. Whatever time period or place that he's in, like he would have been right in the forefront of like entertainment. That's just yes. so cute. Um, oh, he says that he's like mimics like um, shaving and putting on makeup and singing. And um, he says the guy's not very tall. And Jean's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he wasn't tall. Like she's so excited. Um, he's very light on his feet and he wears white gloves. And she's like, yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> He says he, he holds um, his neck and then he pulls out a red cap and puts it on his nose. <laughs> so he plays a clown. And he's like, Derek is miming this whole thing. And yeah. it's so cute. Um, and, and then, then he spells out. Like, yes, yes, yes. She's so excited. Yeah. And then he spells out Batley. So B-A-T-L-E-Y. And he's like, I don't know why he's spelling that out for me, but he's spelling that specifically. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think... Uh, it, I wasn't sure. Did I write if Gene says this or not that he was a musical jester and that he's yes. a performer? 
And so yes. she can't control herself. She's so cute. And um, then, yeah. And then he says the kind of shocking news, which like would be very shocking in America, but I guess it's still considered okay in England that he yeah. was an Al Jolson type of performer, meaning blackface. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. Cause then um, they show a picture mm-hmm. uh, of, of sweet uh, grandpa and as soon as they picked, they held it up, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Like, I I don't know why it's okay to show this here. Because if this were an American show, they'd be like, oh, we're not going to talk anymore about Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, or they would just, like, not include that part. That yeah. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wrote in my notes, um, pics of Granddad. And I wrote, possibly blackface, question mark, question mark. And then... Um, Derek says that he's blacked up. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. And I wrote, oh, God, remember, it was a different time. I think, <laughs> I think on the, I think on the um, picture it said blacked up. That's what it was, and Derek just was reading it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, oh, boy. Gene says that this is, okay, we've actually left the medium reading at this point, and this yeah. is Gene is, like, talking with Anthony and Nina and um, Chris. Yes. And so she's like, he described – um, grandpa to a T. The stories that she's heard, she's a hundred percent sure that grandpa was there sharing his spirit with Derek and and doing all that. And it's like because of the dancing, because of the actions and like the the energy that he was embodying. And she says that uh his name is Hermit Herbert Roland and he was a comedian. Batley, remember that Derek had spelled out Batley, yeah, is where the grandfather came from, that he where he was born and all of the family was from. Yes, so, they're located in Batley. That's amazing. Like, he got mm-hmm. it spot on. It was so cool. Um, so Anthony says, like, you know, they're going to go do their research now. Anthony, the family historian, says he fears there may be very little he can do because there's not a lot of records of performers from that time. Yeah, it wasn't a profession that was recorded. Yeah, it was just, it just happened. Um, yeah. And then Chris, it, he wants to go and recreate the music from um, – from grandpa herbert because in 1914 he wrote a song that was a winner of a local um contest about war songs and the song is called that was the widow's prayer yes and Jean says no one in the family is musically talented or plays the piano so she would just love to hear it performed once yeah they've to hear what her grandfather wrote so great yeah um so now we come back for the results and Derek is there with them and he's like, I have total faith that they will prove all of my feelings. It's so great. <laughs> so they watch their little film about the recordings. Um, Chris goes to the Lindley players to put on the song and they, they show there's, they're in the theater and <laughs> And then the audience, he's the only one there. And up on the stage are two old men, and they are the cutest people I've ever seen in my life. There is a man at the piano, and he is just dressed in a suit, like, and it's like a keyboard piano. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> the other man is standing there in a bowler and an entire red and green and yellow plaid suit. And it is so it is amazing. I love this. Like, I love like I wrote in my notes, I love these two little old men because <laughs> The piano player didn't really have a lot to say, but... No, he was just kind of, like, there to do his job. Yeah, he's like, let's get down to business. But he was also still so cute. He was so serious. Um, And then the gentleman in in the bowler and the, uh, uh, the suit, like, when you think about it, if you, if you think about pictures of, like, vaudeville kind of, of, um, 
performers, which I think is, you know, about this time, um, the, the black and white pictures of them, they're all like, you can tell they had like really bright patterns on and things like that. And so like, when I first saw him, I was like, it is so garish. Like, yeah. Me, it was like so much. It was but a shock, but that's was what shock. they were. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you think about the difference of not having TV and not having movies and things like that, the different visual mediums that we're so used to, like going to see a live performer in a bright costume, like that seems totally normal. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he sings the song and it is a very sad song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting is Chris says that the, the antiques gentleman, he says that at that time, the audiences really liked to be lifted with a song and then depressed with a song and then lifted yeah. again like they knew they were they liked the depressing songs because they knew that a lifting one was coming also right around yeah yeah so and I kind of like likened it to like when you're at a school dance and there's like the fast song and then they do a slow song and then there's a fast song and then they do yeah a song. Like, <laughs> you gotta mix it up right so it makes, yeah um and so the, he sings the song. It's super duper sad. And it's about a son that uh, is uh, being sent to war, probably World War I. Yeah. And oof, it's just real. And melancholy. the widow is pra- praying. Oh boy. For her son. It, it was very depressing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, this is the winner of the contest. I was yeah. even talking about him being a comedian and an entertainer and al jolson like and so yeah. i was this is not what i was expecting at all yeah um, and then he has him play like a little more does he have him play it he's like now a more lively song yeah they played and, another lively song in his songbook, but unfortunately the lyrics were lost to time so they don't know oh, that's right what he sung during it but it was a very like jaunty kind of upbeat tune Yes. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. So it was like just the gentleman on the piano. Do, 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 do. I yeah. don't know what it was. That was not it. I like the <laughs> public domain song. I just sang, yeah. uh, but they don't have the words. So they don't know what it's about, but you could tell that it was just much more fun and happy than the widow's prayer. <laughs> um, so they play the jaunty song and it's really, really fun. Um, and they don't have the words for it. I think, did you say that? I don't know. When, yeah. Yeah. Stop. They don't have the words. Yeah. Let's stop and tell me the last thing that you said, Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they play like the jaunty, upbeat song. Um, they don't have the words for it, but it gives you kind of more of an idea of who the grandfather was in his upbeat moments. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that was much more like his actual personality. So that's yes. cool. Um, okay, so Anthony goes and he's looking into more of the family history. And Jean has said that Herbert Roland was the stage name of the grandfather but his name was really like Herbert Schofield Langdon and uh, Schofield was the name he went by and he was a rag grinder at a local paper mill. Do you know what a rag grinder is? I do not. I, <laughs> uh, I wrote that down and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I didn't mean to look that up and I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> so they were like, basically that's his day job was really at the mill and being, um, being a, a, a performer and a musician and a comedian, that was like his passion. And like, that is just so cool. Yeah. Like, oh, I have this kind of probably really dreary uh, job during the day to take care of my family, but then I get to do this really awesome thing. 
I'm actually going to look up rad grinder right now. And yes, I, I know. Cause I wrote that down too. And then I didn't look it up. Cause I'm just like, what would I just don't, do they like get rags in the paper press? I have no idea. <laughs> I, yeah. I really don't know. Like the, yeah. my extent of paper making skills is like what we did in sixth grade with where we shredded up newspaper and like put it on a screen and let it dry. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Anthony says he was born Langdon, um, illegitimate son of a domestic servant in Batley. Her name was Emma Langdon. And he said, you know, we, we might go, oh, illegitimate, but it was very, very common. And it, and it, either people were ostracized for it or people didn't care. Um, and he said yeah. that most, Mr. Schofield is a you know, natural father and probably Emma's employer, which I wrote gross. But then yeah. he says, you know, like, it could be that it's not that big of a deal because it would be a very hard start, a very tough um, but normal start um, as an illegitimate child of a, of a house servant. Um, but they stayed in Batley, so it probably wasn't any stigma about it. So probably people were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, obviously that Mr. L- Mr. Schofield is his father. But yeah, because they said in those days, like most of the time, the servant would leave town because there'd be a huge stigma, but they just treated him normally yeah, from so- the records. So that was really cool. Like and the yeah. family all stayed there and didn't feel like they had to leave. And, you know, and like that, like Jean said, the whole family was from Schofield. So like. From Batley. Oh, from Batley. <laughs> oh yeah. They all could be names of places or people or things. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry, England. I love you. And <laughs> so uh, he says that uh, there probably wasn't any stigma and they stayed there and it was, that's why the entire family is still from Batley. So that was pretty cool. Um, and that was pretty much the end of the thing. Like there wasn't a lot of antique investigation to do for Chris because they, they wouldn't, they didn't really need to know like the history of the music sheets or any of that. So really his contribution was having the song sung. Yeah. By these two lovely gentlemen. (laughs) Really wanted to hear. It was so cute. Yeah. So they end the little film and and Derek is there, of course, and he says that he believes that Herbert is there right now and that he is loving all the attention and he would give them all spiritual stars. Yes. <laughs> and he would say top marks. And I thought that was just so cute. Yeah. And so they give Gene and Sarah their scroll and that's basically the end of the show. Yeah. And they ended with that lovely whimsical music again and I wrote, I love this. <laughs> I just love it. Like I would yes. just watch this show just mm-hmm. because it's just like, sometimes I feel like we really need things that are just nice. There's so yes. much negative and bad and just terrible stuff going on. Like sometimes we just need something nice. And that's, I think this, this show really fits the bill. Yes. It, it really like, it really lifted me out of my slump from the last uh, show that we watched. And yeah. I take it, I take it back England. This was a, supernatural show that you did well you did very well Amy. yes top marks we give you top marks we give you spiritual stars <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love it yes um and you know so it, i think that this is a this was a really good way to redeem ourselves from last week to redeem <laughs> great britain <laughs> and yes i'm sure we will be exploring more british supernatural shows in the future but we will be jumping into something totally different next week. Yes. Um, so before we leave Antiques Go Show, still best name ever, um, <laughs> Jacqueline, what kind of rating would you give it uh, on a creepiness scale? Honestly, this wasn't creepy at all. It was like a one. 
It was like a negative one. It yeah. Was so it, nice. it, yeah. And scale one to 10, it was a one. Cause that's the lowest you could do. It was just like, it was like, yes, the paranormal is involved uh, supposedly yes. with the readings, but no, it was nice and charming. And I cannot say how wonderful the show was. So no creepy factor at all. Okay. Awesome. I love it. I totally agree. I think that it mm-hmm. is just so it's like a cozy little show. Like you just, I just wanted to be on my couch wrapped up in a blanket with a cup of tea and just be like, Oh, I love this. <laughs> Me too. It wasn't creepy at all. Um, not even the intro, which sometimes is scarier than the actual ghost show. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, okay, we decided we're going to do a new scale, a new rating um, on a scale of one to 10. What would you rate the believability? So I would give this a two just because he may have had these impressions, but I was just thinking there had to have been an application process to get on this show. And I'm sure the stories were shared of the object and the family. So they say that he was walking in blind not knowing anything about it, but at the same time, he could have known everything. And this research could have already been done before the show aired and he would pull from there. So I don't know. I'm not big on psychic mediums. So that's what I'm going to say is like, yes, like it could be that he went in blind, but also like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure about it at all. Okay. Yeah. Cause he gave very accurate readings, like way too accurate. Hmm. I feel like. And then I go to the complete opposite end of the scale in my believability mm-hmm. because Derek was so amazing and everything he said, like, made me, a to- I'm such a, I guess I'm just a sucker. I don't know. I'm <laughs> skeptic, but I totally believe him. And so he was I very was charming. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> well, that is our next rating. Oh <laughs> and I think just special for this show on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate it in a charming? Straight scale? 10 out of 10. He was so charming. So charming. I loved it so much. Like literally all of them were so nice. Yes. And like there was, it was just so very polite and very British. (laughs) I just (laughs) loved it so much. Um, So yeah, that's our Antiques Ghost Show. Yes. (laughs) So great. I highly recommend this show. Like it's such a a charming show to watch. And like, even if you don't believe in psychics like me, like it's still like for the history aspect and stuff and just how charming the hosts are. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you totally don't have to believe anything that, that Derek is saying is coming from the spirit world. It could mm-hmm. be completely all fed to him, but everything about it is just so fun and comforting to watch because like there's nothing negative about it it's just all like even though we had like a cursed buddha statue that was yeah children it's still <laughs> like so nice <laughs> <laughs> so there we go like definitely watch this show i think it's super fun and um if you see an episode that you think that we would really love like just let us know yes um and where can they tell us about that so yes um as usual, like in every podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, and you can tell us more and interact with us more on our Facebook group, which is Don't Go In There Fan Club. And actually in the fan club, we will be launching a contest soon. Woo, contest! <laughs> Super exciting. So yeah, um, the details will be in there, but the prize will be one of the lovely woodland creatures <laughs> from <laughs> Robin's new house. And you know you want one of those. <laughs> 
Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to the Facebook fan club group. Don't go in their fan club and yes. look at the pictures. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're going to want this prize. It's so charming. <laughs> so charming. Um, and only a little bit haunted. Um, <laughs> which, oh, I have to also say, Jacqueline texted me this week about an app. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I downloaded it immediately. It is called Ghost Radar Legacy. (laughs) It basically is like, uh, it's like, it's like a little radar scanner and it's like little green dots will show up when there's a ghost near you. And then it tells you the words that the ghosts are saying. (laughs) And I had a conversation yesterday in my house, the one I live in currently, um, with some children that had to move north and there was some spite involved and it was just real fun. So uh, it's a free app. Go check it out. You do have to see some terrible ads, but that's okay. It's um, fine. It's it's actually like pretty entertaining. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And yeah. so then Jacqueline, you did it at work. And what were the words you got? There was like, it, it, it came up with the word war and then path. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, okay, I, I like, I'm sure it's just pulling random words, but like, there are banners in my um, office that say Q4 war because we have uh, a goal in Q4. So I'm like, maybe it's pulled up for that, or maybe it's just random words it's catching. But <laughs> uh-huh. yep. And then I was at the new house where the fun prize woodland creatures are coming from. Yes. <laughs> cabin. And I was like, oh my God, it knows we took down the wood paneling. <laughs> <laughs> So it's really fun. And um, if I had to like hide it in a folder on my phone, because otherwise I would just be like, I'm just going to ghost hunt all day and (laughs) ghost. Um, So it's super fun. Like, check it out. If you guys get like a fun word posted up in the group. Yeah, we'd (laughs) love to see it. This is just for fun. (laughs) Yeah, this is just for fun. Show us your screenshots of what you get because it's just a fun like little activity. (laughs) Yeah, fun activity. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's us for this week. I that's am us. Robin. I'm Jacqueline. And if Dara Coro wants to give a reading on one of your antiques, I would say do go in there. Oh. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>